All right, so welcome to another Broken English podcast. My name's Hugo, if you haven't yet known. My name is Bola. You're leaning in again already. <laughs> it's been like five seconds. It's okay. <laughs> if that. I don't think I'm scaring anybody with my voice. Yeah, you are. You, you're scaring them. Pull it away. <laughs> anyway, so um, Bola has just gotten back from his ventures to... Mexico. 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 I'm sorry, Mexico. Do they say Mexico or Mexico? Mexico. Mexico. Okay. Mexico. Yeah, I don't want to piss off anybody the south of the... <laughs> so, North so American. Gonna, we're going to get... I'm going to piss somebody off there anyways, but yeah, Mexico. And the first thing he did upon arriving back in Vancouver was he watched the new Cats trailer. <laughs> so now that you've seen the new Cats trailer, what are your thoughts? Hot off the plane seeing the Cats trailer. I mean, it's interesting. Um... I think it was, was what kind of stood out to me was like the whole approach to it was it's like not people in cats costumes, but I th- the whole thing was like CGI, wasn't it? So what they had apparently was when the trailer first came out, I believe it was a few months ago, everyone was freaked out by it because they were disturbed by this weird looking rendition of all these actors trying to make them as cats. What is it just people? Is it all of them? And just is it like pure CGI or is it like? They just do like a hybrid thing where it's like a live action set and then they just kind of like go over the act. Because I couldn't really tell what, how much of it was, you know, people in cat suits and the other one was computer generated. I'm not sure. I haven't seen any behind the scenes stuff as of yet, but um, it comes out, I believe, tomorrow. Uh-huh. And uh, she's just trying to fight Star Wars. I think so. <laughs> But it, it's not going to win for a multitude of reasons. But all the reviews that have come in slam it. They slam it so thoroughly. Because apparently what... Star what, Wars or Cats? Because <laughs> I'm hearing... I think, I'm not hearing so much thing, good things about Star Wars. I've heard Star Wars is good, but it's not the best of the new ones. But Cats has been panned. Because what they've done is they've got these odd cgi images and again i'm just talking conjecture this is from what i've read i don't know firsthand i've seen the trailer and that's about it but they have this weird sexualization of people whereby there are some cats with breasts and there are some cats without there's little down below alterations and the rest of it like what's his name jason derulo went on social media ranting about i can't believe what they did to my down to my nether regions. I'm so much bigger than that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, what? Yeah, it's it's brought up a bunch of different things that really, I I think the, and again, this is talking from the perspective of having not yet seen the film, but just the trailer. They talk about how they don't live up to what the stage play was. Uh. The translation between what it was. As a stage play, the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical versus what was done yeah. is just an abomination. Like Tom Hopper, is it Hooper or Hopper? I think it's, is it Hooper? No, no, Tom no, Hooper, no. I think. Anyway, the director, he did uh, oh, the, the King's Speech and he did Les Miserables. Right. And both of those, those were, were good. They were highly lauded. They were good films. So I think he just basically had all the money thrown at him. Um, and then there were a lot of criticisms with the trailer. And apparently they didn't finish editing the final thing until like a day or two at most before it premiered. Wow. So it has gotten such a weird response. Um, every review I've read yeah. has had people go, I don't know what I just saw. <laughs> that was really, really strange. I, I'm not, I'm just not 
familiar. I, I mean, I know Cats, but I've never seen the musical, and I've never seen. I, I don't know even know what it's about. Right. It's. I assume it has cats and they dance and they sing. Yeah. Well. Uh, <laughs> It's like, I, 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 can't, I can't speak from any authentic place about the whole thing because I've never seen the original musical or, or even know anything much about it. I mean, it seems like the supper film I want to see because it's been reviewed really badly. And so I'm curious as to whether these negative reviews uh, stand up. I mean, it's a good point. I think that should be an exercise for anybody. Anybody. It's just to see... Like, just see him. Don't see a movie just because it's getting bad buzz or even if it's getting good buzz. Like, if you just have a whim, go see it. Well, my whim is because of the bad buzz. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I want to see it because people are saying it's really weird. So I'm kind of curious as to how weird it is. And then I, the money behind it, like the also, CGI that was done would not have been cheap. And then you've I got some a list actors. Yeah. Betsy, I think it's like a hundred and something million. Oh, easy. Like, you got what? Judy Dench, Idris Elba, Jason um, Derulo, Taylor Swift. Taylor, yeah. Like, these people aren't going to come without a price tag associated. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Hudson. I bet you they were, they were on the soundtrack too. Of course. But apparently, as well, another criticism that I'd read is that the songs aren't performed as well um, as they were in the stage play, and like, despite the star power behind it. So I'm curious as to whether or not this will become something, um, well, how badly it will flop, basically, or whether it will be a success because well, of the names involved. I don't, like I said, this is, Star Wars came out yesterday, didn't it? Nah, I think it's, to, oh, I'm not sure. I think it's it definitely within the last. Star Wars came out. We should have our facts straight before we start to talk, shouldn't we? <laughs> We're going to have the Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars, pretty much, I think it came out. Star Wars has come out, uh, shoot, I can't tell, yeah, it came came out yesterday. Right. So, and this movie, this cast is going to show up tomorrow? I believe so. Yeah. No, Star Wars comes out today in Canada, or at least North America. So, and Cats is going to come out tomorrow. It's like, this is not a good, that's not a good time to release a movie. No. Even if it was great, you know, Star Wars is just going to take, is just going to own that spot. And that's what's really puzzling because as we both know, and as probably a lot of the listeners will know as well, anything like that will have gone through hurdles and checks. Yeah. Like there's going to be a point whereby we're going to screen this and we're going to screen it again. And this person's going to have a look. And this executive's going to have a look. And the whole way through, no one just went, yeah, let's just wait on this. Because we could do some really great improvements. Or we should scrap this. They were just like, yeah, yeah, let's keep going. I don't know. I, I think, do you know what kind of surprises me, though? You would think, right? But I've been, I've been noticing a couple of things lately and reading up on some things. And it just seems like either they're just like, I'm, fuck it. This is, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Let's just release it. Knowing in the back of the minds that this is not that great. Cause I think there's a lot of that going on. Well, I guess as well, there's going to be the, the life of the film is going to be far beyond solely the theatrical release. And, you know, the third parties they're going to be able to sell it to and go further and further and further. And because it's such a famous play, there are many, there's already an established fan base. It kind of goes back to our remakes franchises conversation as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there's that too. And I, and I think also maybe it's just like you pump enough money, you pump 
as much money is into this kind of thing as as they do it's just kind of like well after you've seen it all after it's all said and done and you see it and it's like well how much more money can you pump on it to make it better or what can you even do at that point to even make it any better yeah i mean i'm curious as to what those involved thought i don't know like I said, re- reviews, reviews, and what a movie is sometimes is just, and even what like even the buzz. There's a lot of there's just a lot of um, I don't want to say propaganda, but narratives that get pushed out. And I mean, like I said, I've ever said this before. Like you see a narrative pushed out, and you go watch the movie, and it's like, man, that was great. Or you see a narrative that said this movie's great, and you watch it, and it's like, oh man, that was just like. Meh. I suppose, but I guess my argument for that would be is if you're going to invest your time into something, it's better for me to hear beforehand. <laughs> this isn't up to much. I I hate I hate that stuff these days, especially now because of the yeah, the internet. Well, I mean, you say that, but I think you'd have been more disappointed with Gemini Man than you were <laughs> had you not been told already. Be disappointed. Like if you, you went into it, you it's going to be amazing, and you would have walked out like. Eh, well, that was really a lot less than I thought. You, you. I mean, I think you have that because it's like it starts to just influence things and to the point where it's hard to enjoy things or even embrace something that you might not have embraced before. But you hear, you know, you hear the word on the streets and the word on the streets is not exactly the most accurate. Well, but I guess that, that the reason why I'd argue with that is we're at a stage right now where you have so much opportunity to... To spend your time watching something. You've got Amazon Prime, you've got Netflix, Disney Plus, Apple Plus, etc, etc, etc. And though I am a huge lover of the theatrical experience in seeing yeah. a film, there is an abundance of quality. I mean, I didn't even get into the TV aspects of your HBOs, your AMCs, yeah. your Showtimes and all those. So with there being so much good quality material, people, most people would rather not waste their time on something which was subpar. And they'd rather go, okay, I'd rather dedicate myself to, in your case, a homeland or something like that, rather than going, you know what? I'm going to spend $20, let's say three of us go, I'm going to spend 60 bucks to go to the theatre to watch a film that we're going to walk out of. And the only unifying thing we're going to say is, what was that? (laughs) So for that reason, I think reviews do play a role. I don't know. I'm kind of mixed on this. If I said to you the pizza place around the corner is utter trash... I, I thought that it was atrocious. I would never eat there again. The standard of food is so bad. I see rats there all the time, etc. Are you going to be thinking the next time, you know what? I wish Hugo hadn't said that. Or are you just going to find another pizza place and enjoy a slice of pizza somewhere else? It would probably... When you when I heard rats, I'm just like, okay. I've been sold there at that point. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to be curious at that point. But we're comparing... I think this is like apples and oranges, right? Food. The argument being reviews <laughs> and advice as to what's best to concentrate your attention upon. Yeah, but or try. <sighs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I don't... Like I said, when it comes to film and art, it's like it's such a, such a sub- subjective thing. I completely agree. I know, I definitely there's consensus because I think definitely the buzz that I heard from the Joker matched up with what I saw. Speaking of which, <laughs> I saw the Joker. Where? It was released digitally, I told you. Oh, you saw it digitally? You should sit in the theaters. 
Well, I should have seen it in theatres, but when it's on Apple TV, <laughs> Come on, it's then. pretty easy. Rent the damn thing. <laughs> you're good to go. Uh-huh. And I had a distinct problem because of all the hype, mm. which I think a lot of people endure. If you see a film too late in the day, mm-hmm. the hype ends up playing a massive role. Mm. However, what I will say is I loved it. Right. Now, it was disappointing because it had been hyped to almost perfection. Yeah. But when I saw it, I did love the film. I thought it was done excellently. Yeah. I loved the tone. I loved the backstory for the Joker and all the rest of it. Instant classic, right? Oh, it was it was superb. Yeah. It was superb. I thought Joaquin Phoenix was... See, here's the thing. With a character like the Joker... Um, it has been really done excellently. My personal favourite prior to the Joaquin Phoenix one was, without a doubt, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger yeah. like, he did an amazing job. So much so that whenever I would... Well, not whenever, but there are times where I would scare my girlfriend by doing a... Why so <laughs> Anyway. Um, but the Joaquin Phoenix Joker is superb. Yeah. And so I, at this point, cannot... Uh, decide between which is the better one. Um, it, let's let's skip over that for a second, because I think that is a good debate, right? But because they're both fucking brilliant mm. performances. But what I want to talk about as a Joker is, is like you watch the film right there mm-hmm. that cost how much money to make? I'm not sure. Probably I'd say 150 to two, maybe. To million. No, like, oh, been we that we much. can check. We can check. I thought it was. I, I'm pretty sure that movie cost almost like less than a hundred million dollars. Well, I'll check. You may well be right. I mean, it was filmed in uh, in New York, and I know permits. Right. But anyway, but, but um, okay, it it wasn't a big flashy movie, right? And there wasn't a whole bunch of there wasn't a lot of action. There was a good amount of there action. was a, there was some action in it, but it wasn't it wasn't a superhero film. You're right. I, I'd inflated it. I guess my mind was running ahead of yeah. me. It's apparently uh, 62.5. Right. And grossed over a billion. It grossed over a billion. So you have a movie that was just done for $60 million. 62.5. Six, sorry, 62.5. <laughs> for accounting purposes. There, there, it wasn't a big blockbuster action-packed spectacle, right? It was something that was completely story-driven. Yeah. Story driven. Right. Right? You were there. You weren't watching it for the action and the spectacles and the special effects and everything like that. Right. You were just sitting there and you're watching a character. Like, you're just watching Joaquin Phoenix and the Joker. You're just watching this character and his path and his story. And right, his... right, right. And to me, it was just like, I was like, when the movie was done, I was just like, halle fucking luya. This was what cinema is all about, right? I like I said, I don't want to tarnish all those big blockbuster stuff. I mean, they have a, their place, but it just to me it renews my faith that okay, folks, you can you can you can make a movie that's not completely driven by spectacle and special effects and action and all that stuff, but it's just completely story and character driven, and it can be a hit. Well, I mean, I think the thing with regards to the Joker that makes it sort of deviate from that 
just being a story-based character-driven thing and it being a hit, is it already had the gravitas of being part of the Batman story? Definitely. Has so it already it. had the steam behind it. Yeah. Nobody thought they weren't going to recruit the 62.5. Nobody thought this isn't going to go somewhere. Right. However... A billion? Well, <laughs> they may not have thought a billion for right. definite, but with that said, the film was done so well that it stands alone. Like, for anyone, the majority of moviegoers these days, well, general media consumers or entertainment consumers, will be familiar with the Batman story. Mm-hmm. It's become intrinsically... It's in the linked. culture. Yeah, it's, it's part of the zeitgeist. Yeah, it's, it's part it's of the there. But, even if you weren't fully familiar with that storyline behind it, the film did an amazing job of avoiding having to go... We, we're with Batman. <laughs> you know, there was nothing over the top. That was, again, why I loved The Dark Knight. Because it had such a feel of... Uh, it could just be another movie. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say it felt real, although it kind of... I could say that, it, too. It, it kind of... It felt grounded in... It felt grounded in something. Precisely. And so I mean, the violence involved in The Joker... If that felt grounded in, in, in reality. Right. Right. But the violence involved in The Joker as well... Um, didn't feel as theatric, so to speak, as sort of an action film. Yeah, because, exactly. I felt like it was like I was watching a Scorsese movie. Yeah, it was it's definitely like more along those lines. Like Taxi Drive. It felt like a Scorsese movie. There, there was definitely a lot more subtlety to it, which is what I loved. And I think, uh, I think Joaquin Phoenix's performance was superb. I yeah. think the way it was written was excellent. Yeah. Um, even... The seamless way, and obviously, what Bola and I have always said with regards to the, when we do these podcasts is we aren't going to spoil a thing for you. I thoroughly recommend checking it out yourself. But what I really loved was whenever they do sort of flashback portions, it wasn't a big sort of really excessively in your face. We're doing a flashback. That's what we're doing. It was just will subtly bring you into what um, the flashback or character thought happens to be. Mm-hmm. It was character thought more than flashback. I don't know why I'm using oh, flashback. flashback. Yeah, it's like, like a thought, like what, what's going yeah, on. Yeah, like when he's watching, for example, the Murray show. Yeah. And he starts to imagine things. Yeah, there. yeah. So I didn't mean flashback. I meant just uh, the daydream. Or... I, I remember that was, and I remember it was that moment where I got, that I was fully into it, was that moment where he was watching the Murray show. Yeah. Because then I can see, I saw the character at that point. And that's for me, that was the, that was the point of, I'd say no return, but where I got hooked, where I got hooked into the character, just watching him from that point. And, and I also loved. Um, again, not going to get too in depth on this because of the fact that don't want to risk spoiling it. But I did like his reaction to when he was being bullied on the train and then dealt with things afterwards. That was so stark and silent almost like there wasn't a big number to do with it it just felt like a real scene playing out i I cannot i cannot say how much i enjoyed that and and another point that i wanted to make it by why that movie was so successful because it does speak to that movie was speaking about something about our culture right now if you know notice there was like the social commentary of censorship and anger um uh mental health uh, mental health yeah it was speaking to what was going on. It's what's going on right now. Right. So I think you had these, you had those elements in it that 
that pretty much um, made it more memorable. Made it made you more into it because it's speaking about something that's happening right now. Yeah, I thought that that was fantastic, and I'm just confirming here. Um, Joker two has been confirmed. Oh, it God. looks like <laughs> no, I don't know. no, no. Wait, I... wait, wait, wait. We got we got one report. So the report. Don't do it. <laughs> the report on November twentieth said it was confirmed, but uh, according to a report two days after, it's not yet confirmed. But then, according to the Hollywood Reporter, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, I mean, uh, I just to me, it's like okay, where do you take this from now? Because it's it's really easy to screw this up. Oh yeah, I mean, look, you look at the Dark Knight trilogy, for example. Um, I love the first one. Like Batman Adored. Begins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adored the Dark Knight. Yeah, that, that was unequivocally my favorite. Yeah, and then I was kind of so-so on the third one. I've only yeah. seen the third one once. Same here. Because it didn't really resonate with me like the second one. I think it, they just phoned it home. <laughs> because it's like, how do you top the Dark Knight, right? I mean, I'm not sure whether I'd say they phoned it. Home. I felt like they phoned it home. Because, you know, I liked the character of Bane. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. I'm not saying it was a bad movie or anything like that, but I understand the circumstances. Like, how do you top, how do you top the Dark Knight? And it's just a, it's just a hard, it's a hard, it's just a hard mountain to climb. Now, what I'm curious about, and it'd be interesting to find this out, is whether all three films were written at once. No, I don't... Because that would have been... I think for us, for Broken English, if we ever come out with a trilogy or something like that, we need them all done at the same point. Because that way you can scrutinise the quality of the story. And if the story quality is there, when we put out the third one, if the tale's told just as well, then you can hopefully make a film just as good. I'm 95% sure. Because I'm, I'm a big, big Batman fan, so... I always paid attention, and it was also around that time too where I was starting to get into filmmaking. So I was reading up a lot on what the development was. So I'm ninety five percent sure it wasn't written at the same time because the first one was written by David S. Grower, and then the second one was written by Nolan and his brother, and then the third one I believe is their brother, both of them too. But I and it was almost like they they barely got the sequel made, I believe. Yeah, because the first one didn't... I don't think the first one performed as well as... The, the first one just... I mean, the first one... That's the that's interesting thing about Batman Begins. Is it's like... It's not like the first one was that memorable. It was a decent film. But I don't... For me, it was just like... I don't know. It was, some, it was something odd about it that... I mean, it was... Like I said, it wasn't really a bad film, I would say, but... It wasn't like something... Yeah, it wasn't something like hugely, hugely memorable. In my... And from what I gathered. Right, I mean, I in definitely enjoyed it a lot. The Dark Knight made a lot more of an impact on me, but I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it as a Batman fan, right? And then when the second one came out, it was just... Yeah, it's just like, what? What the numbers in the first one were just kind of like, I don't know, I don't know. It you Maybe it wasn't as high as you would expect it to be, but who knows? And then the second one got off the ground, which kind of caught me off guard. But hey... You know, (laughs) I think they they were just obligated to do it, I guess. And then they just hit that one out of the park. Right. Um, And I'm actually curious as well about the forthcoming one as well. 
You know the one with Robert Patterson. Yeah, Robert, thought... Robert Pattinson. Sorry, sorry, and, Andy, uh, Andy Circus. Who's Andy Circus playing? Andy Circus is playing Alfred. He's playing Alfred. So isn't it isn't it a reboot or isn't it a whole thing a reboot? It hasn't. Like what I'm looking at here isn't detailing whether it is or isn't. Bill Fingers, sorry, Bill Finger was who created Batman, um, as With well Bob as Bob Kane. Uh, but this particular writing credit is going to Matt Reeves. Oh yeah, Matt Reeves is directing it, and probably uh, Matt right. Reeves is actually um, he's writing it. I met him before. Oh, you well, did kind what? of. Well, I was a I was a next soldier on uh, Planet of the Apes. Oh, he did Planet of the Apes. Yeah, the the war for the Planet of the Apes. Nice. Yeah, he's. Uh... So I spent quite a bit of time. And yes, with... you're right. He is directing it as well. Yeah. I spent quite a bit of time, well, not personally, but like, you know, with, with him. Right. I mean. In the freezing cold. Look, you've, <laughs> you've got John uh, Turturro, who's amazing. You've got Jeffrey Wright, Paul Dano. Yeah. It's got a lineup. I'd say it's got a good lineup going on there. I mean, hey, I'll be there. <laughs> what can I tell you? I mean, they know they, they got people like me. I'll be there. And that's 2021 and that's coming out. Right. I'm just uh, I'll see. We'll see how this one is. I think that there, there really needs to be a lot more scrutiny with regards to these ones. Because did you end up seeing... And it's funny because we both refer to how... Well, tell a lie. I refer to how much I'm not into these sorts of things. Which are not that much. However, it definitely is so strong that it makes an impact upon me. I didn't see Batman versus Superman. Did you see that? Oh, Batman versus Superman. I didn't see the Superman I film. Did see, I did see that one. And? Oh, my God. I, I remember watching it, and then I'm just like... A, maybe a quarter way into it, I turned to the guy on my right, and he's falling asleep. Batman vs. Yeah, Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. That was the Ben Affleck one. Yeah, the Ben Affleck one. And I'm watching it and I'm just like, and I was just like, maybe 30% into it. I'm like, what's wrong with this movie? Because I'm just not feeling it. And it was, to me, it was an exercise of trying to figure out. I love watching bad movies because I love to know, because it helps me figure out what went wrong. If I can figure out what, what went wrong, it helps me as a filmmaker. So I remember watching it into like 30 minutes into it. I'm like, this is not working. Hmm. And like I said, and I knew that by just looking at the guy next to me, he was fall. He was, that was like one of the first times I've seen somebody fall asleep in a movie. And I'm just like, this is not working. I'm not connected to this at all. And I was just trying to figure it out. Like, what? What's? Why is this not working? And I know, and I, and I like, I like Zack Snyder's films. I mean, some some may say otherwise, but I mean, I think he's a decent filmmaker for what he makes. But it was just like, this is not working. So sort of transitioning from that um but dawn of justice league was way better what was it okay. yeah it was like oh Again, my god this was a, this was definitely enjoyable and that's got your boy in it doesn't it <laughs> who the uh, one you you can't jason bring... say jason, his name again <laughs> jason uh mama 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know jason with the mama yeah that one yeah. jason mama mama um, and the reason i i'm teasing bolo about this is because Bola actually has met him a couple of times. Yeah. He worked with him on a TV show, which... Yeah, if you guys are uh, on Apple TV, watch C. You can see my uh, great performance in there. There you go. As a blind... Uh, 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 was it a blind uh, merchant? 
So there you go. Bowlers in C with Jason Momoa. I haven't seen Justice League. I haven't seen Aquaman. I haven't <laughs> seen Batman versus Superman. I know I of all these because it's unavoidable. If you're looking as we are to build a film brand and to have a film company, you got to also look at the market and see what is and isn't performing. Yeah. Um, but I have not seen those films firsthand. Mm. They, they just haven't really appealed to me personally. You probably haven't seen the, the, the Marvel, a lot of the Marvel stuff either, right? I've probably seen at most 20%. Right. At most. <laughs> at most 20%. So I've not seen the Avengers films. Right. Um, I mean, my girlfriend and I snuck into one of them, but again, we snuck in about half an hour or so into it. <laughs> that doesn't help your, That doesn't help the case. No, and then you got to sit right at the front and it's too loud because of the fact that everyone else has chosen a more strategic seat. And then you're like, who's this? Who Why is, is this it so loud? Who is this? Yeah, yeah. Who is this spider character? No backstory. Um, but what I was going to transition subject-wise was Zack Snyder. Because did you were you working in film when Watchmen came out or not? Was I working in film? Yeah. Yeah. You were? No, was I working on that film? No. Well, I thought you didn't start working in film until like 2013 or 14. No, no, no. I was, I think, yeah, maybe around that time. Because I think The Watchmen was like... 08 or 09 or... Yeah, something like that. So the Watchmen, the movie, was done here in Vancouver. And uh, I I was an extra on it for a bunch of days. And since then, they've continued to use the set for a bunch of other TV shows. Because they literally built about, I think, five blocks worth of exterior space to look like... I forget whether it was New York in the 70s. Yeah, Yeah, they built it to make... To make it look like New York in the 70s, so they decorate and make it look a bunch of different ways. Where was that? This is out in Burnaby on uh, Burn Road. Oh, so it's still there. Yeah, it's still there. They still use it for other things. Oh. But um, I don't really remember the Watchmen film too well. Uh, but the TV show. The TV show is magnificent i forgot there was a tv show the tv show i think it just finished um and it really really reignites a passion to go and see the film right but it in and of itself is superb in terms of expanding a world already created right you got damon lindelof is it damon or damien how many seasons was it it's just the first one they've done now also okay. Oh, I thought you started. Oh, I thought you said they. Did. I thought you said they finished it. As in, they finished the first season. So. Oh. Oh, okay. So this they're just beginning then. It's Damon Lind, Damon Lindelof. Um, yeah, Damon Lindelof. You might be familiar with his work. You might not. He did Lost, and he did The Leftovers. He, okay. Yeah, you've heard of both of them. I've heard of both of them, but I've never seen him really much of them. Um, the leftovers superb, right? Superb. Uh, Lost. I only really watched a couple of episodes, but I know that was one that a lot of people complained about the ending. Yeah. But, but the Watchmen. Oh my god! I thoroughly recommend everyone take the time. That's another TV show that you know it has a lot of hype. Yeah. So you get into it thinking, what network is it on? 
It's an HBO original. Oh, okay. So you, you get into this show thinking, okay, just like I did with the Joker, too much hype, too much hype, too much hype. And so it doesn't live up to your needing 100% because I'm a very high-maintenance individual. If you, <laughs> if you tell me something's a 10 out of 10, I expect a 10 out of 10. <laughs> right. But when it comes out to be, you know, a 9, a 9 is superb for me. 9 is pretty good. I've never... Ne- just to get all the listeners to understand, I've never actually come across... A 10. <laughs> I would rate anything. There's nothing I find as perfect. Ah, oh, come on. Nothing. Nothing? Nothing that could... Co- I mean, it's hard to say what a 10, but you, there's nothing that you could say that you could give an honorary 10%. I can give an honorary 10% to The Matrix. I should watch You mean 100%. Time. I, I, f- you said what? an honorary 10%. Sorry. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Honorary 10 out of 10. But, I mean, if I'm watching a movie more than once... Or want to watch a movie more than once? That's like you're already... I, to me, that's like a 10, 10 out of 10 right there. But, I'm the, I mean, think about your classic movies. Like for me, I, want, if I, I can watch The Matrix anytime. Right. And there are films which I regard very highly. Um, and I get your argument, but I guess I, I'm... I'm still looking for the film or project that I find to be perfect. What untouchable. Is- and that's what I'd give a 10. It'd be like, yeah, no, nah, nothing could be improved. Nothing. It's not you, too long. It's not too short. You have to have a movie that you feel is like that. I have films which I love and adore. Right. Um, but I don't know that I've got a film that necessarily is uh, is a 10. Mm-hmm. Like Almodovar. I love him. And he's got like, Habla con ella, or is it Hable con ella? Love that one. Talk to her. Love that one. Um, Pulp Fiction. Love Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Like, that's another one right there. Uh, I, I can mean, watch that movie over and over again. Right. And every time I watch it, it's like it's always like watching it again for the first time. All right. Well, I would I would probably say that's closest to getting towards a ten for me. Even <laughs> there, you go. Towards. I think we should make a we should make a future podcast where we should do a topic on underrated movies. Oh, there's too many of those. There's too many of those. Um, There was one I saw recently, which I loved it because it was so subtle. Um, It was a Portland-based film, and it was called Leave No Trace, released in 2018. And the reason why I really liked it was it could have been a lot more grandiose, but it chose not to be. There could have been a lot more dialogue, but they kept things terse enough to be able to really show in someone's fate. Like, I, I just, I really thought the film was done well. Right. And when it ended, it was an ending which really satisfied me because they made a point, just like what we were talking about with regards to Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Um, the character was there. So there were these characters, and the characters were well enough solidified within I'm not sure exactly I think it was probably 90 minutes maybe a bit longer they're well enough solidified now I think this is a this is a filmmaking question um I want to go back to the Joker for a second this is like a filmmaking thing um you know you spoil and I'm not going to mention any spoilers but you know how it ended right right I don't know if I'll just say for me personally if I was the filmmaker the only thing I would have changed was I would have ended it Let's just say there's two endings, if you know what I mean. 
I think I would have ended it on the first one. Okay. I would have just ended it right there. I liked the way it wrapped up. I that was I, I would say that was the, the only kind of part where I was like, oh, I think I think it would have been better if that, that last part wasn't there. Right. I think it would have just been better. That would have been my personal choice. Now if any filmmaker is watching this, I wanna know I'm just curious They're everybody... not watching Bowler. <laughs> They're not watching. If any of the filmmakers watching these uh watching these podcasts <laughs> Fuck. Watching it on their Spotify. Mm. Anyway. I mean, would you is there certain parts that you would have cut or would have ended it a different way? That's that's just be my only note. It would have been a my different choice. Right, and I, I think that's what makes these particular projects fantastic. It's the idea of choice. It's the idea of... Um, the argument always made is that a film isn't made until the edit. Yeah, that, and that's that in, is, uh, that's entirely true. Because if, so I, true. if I leave something out, stop something abruptly, whatever it happens to be, if I think your face is better than her face or her face is better to concentrate on in the scene than your face or if I think seeing you both all these different things and ways of telling the tale I've edited a million things and I, I there's nothing more true than that that that's this is where it's made yeah so I am always curious though as to when they get um, awards for editing and the reason that I say that is this I think it's a ridiculous thing or an impossible thing to be able to judge um, how well something is edited yeah. <laughs> versus if I'd seen all the stuff you had beforehand. Yeah. Like, for example, if I see the, I don't know, two, three hundred hours worth of footage you've skimmed through and decided this is the best one, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then I see that versus what you ended up coming up with. Boom. You get the award for best <laughs> editing. I think that's just something editors, probably only editors will get. Because I'm not, I would not call myself an editor and it's not... It's also my most favorite part about filmmaking. It could be just one of those things that are just monotonous. Right. Can be really just tiring. But I think like a born editor, those are the things they notice. Mm -hmm. Because I've, I've hardly, I hardly watch a film and go, wow. Like it doesn't pop up to me. I think. In my mind. Oh, that was some great editing. I think what really uh, strikes me with regards to editing is when you watch in particular things like action films or music videos. Those are when editing becomes more apparent right. in terms of the choice between cutting from X to Y and yeah. when did you cut from X to Y. Those ones I grasp. I don't grasp it when it's something epic like uh, someone like an Irishman, for example, or... Avengers? I haven't seen Avengers. But... <laughs> <laughs> But what I meant when Lots I reference that. what well what I meant with regards to the Irishman is you've got um, three and a half plus hours worth of material. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. So, so the curiosity happens to be if yeah. you have so much material, what did you choose to whittle down from? What did you choose to shorten or elongate or whatnot? Well, a movie that long, it's like geez, probably it was like a. I, I bet you Scorsese's first cut was like five hours or something like that. And it's like, yeah, what exactly was trimmed off of that? I was going to watch that movie the other day before I go to sleep. And then I was like, holy shit, this thing's three and a half hours long. I'm going to I'm gonna have to push a day for this or something like that. Yeah. I mean, um, I'd addressed it in the previous podcast, uh, which I did all by myself. And, you know, ranting in a room <laughs> by yourself. Eh, well, it, it's, it's something. It's fun, isn't it? It's something. <laughs> 
Because then it's just sort of like, what now? But anyway, um, the Irishman on, I believe, Twitter and some other social media platforms was suggested in three chunks, kind of like a miniseries. Mm-hmm. So various viewers, I forget exactly who started it all off, went, okay, you can watch the first portion, and then they tentatively titled it something related to the film, and then the second portion, which was another thing tentatively titled based on the section of the film, and then a third one. So if you did want to split it up, you have the first one, which I believe they said, um, as in they'd chosen an ending point, they said was best until about 50 minutes in. Then the second portion would be starting from that 50 minute point. And then I think you go like an hour 10 or an hour and a half or whatever for the middle point. And then the third section, the rest of the film. Just if you did want to break it up as opposed to watch it in one fell swoop. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I have to watch it to see what what that would be. Or what Because it seems like now it's like a, a film with distinguishable parts. It's like watching, remember... Uh, was it Full Metal Jacket? Mm-hmm. Felt like watching two films. Mm-hmm. The first half and the, the second half. Hmm. I like that. I mean, I like to curious. I'm curious to see how that plays out. I've read a lot and I would happen to agree that Netflix have basically upended the, the state of film now with regards to The Irishman and with regards to Marriage Story. They've upended things. They've changed things in a monumental way because they've now got these massive epic films Mm -hmm. of great caliber which are available on a digital platform. And they can do something like An Irishman which is a really in-depth, complex story. Yeah. Have it go that length and no longer have to rely on putting it out in a theatre and still have the caliber of actor and the caliber of director and amazing special effects on the rest of it and then but the thing is for us we never know how successful these things are according to reports uh within the first weekend they got somewhere in the region of 26 million views based on netflix's reports or independent reports netflix are the only ones netflix hold on to their info so netflix is the one that's telling netflix are the ones that say we got this right it isn't an independent uh, That's what I was thinking, that it? says that. But they had also disclosed, which I thought was uh, was a good thing that they did. I think, I, I can't quote the numbers or the fractions here, but of course, out of those 26 million, not everyone watched the whole thing. Oh, really? Because of the length. Mm. So there were 26 million people watching it, right? or that watched it or started it over the course of that weekend, but there weren't necessarily 26, film com- sorry, 26 million film completions because it being such a long film. You know, if I've got two hours to kill and it's three and a half hours long, I'm not going to manage it. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. 20, 26 million. I don't know how they, 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 have, they figure out a way to quantify these things and somehow make money from it well they keep their subscriber base yeah and as long as they can have that grow and if you if we look at it from this argument if i am to pay let's just say i think it's like 12.99 a month now it's gone up over the years yeah but anyway say i pay 12.99 for two brand new top quality films if they just had that that'd be enough it would be enough if if if, if go, it was that's just less those. than a theatrical ticket. 
I can watch it on my phone, I can watch it on my tablet, I can watch it on my TV, I can watch it on whatever. Again, less than going to the theatre. True. Yeah. So there is no real reason for them not to continue to do as well. No, I mean, they. I, I seems like they have a formula that works for this. It's just a new kind of model to wrap your, hand, your head around. Right, and they're operating largely on that. Yeah, exactly. To the tune of billions. Yeah. But I think I but I'd see the grand strategy though. Get as much people into the fold as possible and then it starts to it starts to pay for itself from there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well cool. I mean good luck for good luck for them. Now they got Disney to deal with. They do. And we'll see what that does or doesn't mean, because of course what was very interesting was <clears throat> take for example having the Simpsons. The Simpsons itself accounts for a hell of a lot of subscriptions to Disney+. Plus. Right. I know myself four people that have subscribed to Disney+. Plus because of the Simpsons. That are adults in, adult males in their 30s. And it's not because they necessarily want to watch any of the original children's things. It's because they want the Simpsons. Right. I mean... Then, then others with The Mandalorian. Like The Mandalorian is... I have not seen one episode because, again, I don't know enough of the Star Wars universe right. to be able to really grasp what makes sense, but... Well, they got all that. Yeah. And Baby Yoda. <laughs> Which is all those memes that I'm seeing. Pardon? I'm seeing all these Baby Yoda memes. Yeah, they've, they've added Baby Yoda to the Mandalorian. Yeah. And it's like, hey, you know, <laughs> let's, let's open up this cash cow. Let's just make a younger Yoda. <laughs> and then we're good. <laughs> which is a pretty fantastic thing that they've accomplished with that good for them I mean it's going to pay off for Disney I can tell they've got a lot of stuff that people are going to get hooked onto. I don't think Disney have to worry no <laughs> if, you, if, you're, if, you're, if you're an investor right now buy some Disney stock <laughs> and on that note we're going to say goodbye for another week Unless, of course, you're listening to this all in one fell swoop, in which case you could just play the next episode right away, because for all we know, you're listening to this 10 years from now, and there's an episode or two more for you to go through. Yeah. But with that said... With that said... Check out BrokenEnglishFilms.com. Thanks for listening, folks. And we will talk to you shortly. Adios.